0: The following audio is from LaGrange Church of Christ, located in Texas. For more information about LaGrange Church of Christ, please visit our website at www.lagrangecoc.com. We are in a series of lessons entitled, Who God Says You Are. And so we're talking about identity. And last week we began to look at that uh, God gets to say who we are. Not other people, not other entities or or powers, but it's God who tells us who we are. And so when we consider identity, one thing we have to talk about is we have to talk about our bodies. It is part of who we are. None of us know life outside of our body. It is how we experience the world around us. It is how we relate to one another. You think about when a child is born... And you pick them up and you hold them in your arms. This new life is a physical body. When someone dies, we lay the body in the ground. It's because we are not known apart from our body. And some of us are probably pretty proud of our bodies. Uh, You might work hard to maintain a certain physique. There are many Americans who do that. In fact, millions and millions of dollars are spent each year on gym memberships and and workout equipment. It's because we understand that the first impression that most people are going to have of us is based off of our appearance and our body. And so some people put a lot of effort uh, into sculpting their body because it's part of their identity. It's who they are. There are also some of us who might be uh, somewhat ashamed of our body. We might not like it very much. We may feel like, you know, we got a raw deal because we'd like to be taller or skinnier or have bigger muscles or whatever. And, and maybe we look in the mirror and we don't have the same confidence as that person with the six-pack abs. And so what what happens when we live within a culture who is saying that we should look a certain way, but we don't look that way? Well, that also affects our identity. Our body is part of who we are. And you can read accounts of people who have undergone extreme changes in regards to body image, and they report that this has an impact on their identity. And so, for instance, maybe someone loses a lot of weight, or maybe they're in an accident that leaves them with a visible scar. These types of changes not only affect the, the outside appearance, but they also influence who we are. And some people will even claim that they are a different person after such a drastic change to their body. And so we cannot escape the fact that our identity is some way tied to our body. It's not all of who we are. You know We also have a mind. We have a spirit. And so we are more than just body. This is evident from both scripture and science. But at the same time, our body is a very important part of our identity. And so when I ask, who am I? One of the things that I must say is that I am a body. And when we think about identity and how it relates to our body, we need to be careful that we don't go to extremes. And so, for example, we must not make our body into an idol. We must not become enslaved to a physical image, you know, that we want to create. In 1 Timothy 4, 8, Paul writes, For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way. And so it's important that we strike a balance here. Now, Paul does not say that bodily training is of no value. It is beneficial to exercise. It's beneficial to eat well. And sometimes, you know, I'll see a person who will use this passage and they'll try to uh, justify it. They don't need to take care of their body at all, you know. Well, that's a misreading of the verse. It is good to take care of our body. It's just not the most important thing. And so what Paul is doing here is he's comparing physical exercise with spiritual disciplines. And out of these two, Paul says that that exercising our spiritual muscles is of greater value than exercising our physical muscles. And so making our body into an idol is one extreme that we have to be aware of. The other extreme is when we maybe hate or we feel ashamed about the body that we have been given. We need to understand that our body is something that God has given to us. It is a gift from God, and there's nothing wrong with our body. It is good in every way. The only negative thing that we can say about our body is that it ages. You know, we get aches and pains. Our our joints do not work like they once did. Our, Our vision deteriorates. But all of this is a result of living in a fallen world. It's not what God intended and when our bodies are redeemed, as we read about in Scripture, it's not going to be like that. We're not going to have all those aches and pains and those things. And so if our bodies are not an idol, nor are they something that we should hate or feel ashamed of, then how is it that we should view the body? Well, Scripture offers several clues. We want to begin the first chapter of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. Where it says, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. What is the image of God? That is a a question that has perplexed uh, scholars and Bible students for many years. This phrase is explicitly mentioned only seven times in Scripture. And it's never defined for us. Uh, Twice it is used to describe Jesus. And so what we do know is that the image that we're being shaped into is the image of Jesus. But what does it mean that that all humans have something of the image of God within them when they are born? Well, it's very likely that the answer is more than one thing. That's what I believe. Uh, We are complex beings and, and God is more complex than we are. And so you think about when a child is born to a set of parents, that child has multiple traits from both the father and the mother. They don't just have one trait. You know, they, they have multiple things about them that reflect one of their parents. And so some have speculated over the years that the image of God is maybe dominion over creatures. Others have said the ability to create, the ability to reason, and it goes on and on from there. Uh, in Genesis one twenty six, dominion is specifically mentioned. But in Genesis one twenty it is male and female that is mentioned. And so there is something about our bodies that are reflective of the character of God. Now, now, we need to be careful here. We do not want to suggest in any way that God has a body, with the exception of when Jesus took on flesh and blood and came to earth. It's not that that we look like God or that God looks like us. It's not a physical trait. But rather, it has something to do with how we use our body. And so in Ephesians 5, Paul reveals a great mystery concerning man and woman and how marriage is reflective of the marriage between Christ and the church. He writes there, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother, And hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. And so this language of two flesh, two bodies becoming one, is reminiscent of Trinitarian language. God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but God is also one. And so within the Trinity... Within the Godhead, there is perfect love, there's perfect giving, there's perfect receiving. And when a husband and wife do their best to live as one, their marriage is reflective of God. When we use our bodies properly, we are pointing people to God. But it goes the other way as well. When we don't use our bodies properly, those actions reflect Poorly on God. And so we need to understand that our our bodies were created for a purpose. We are not to abuse them. We are not to use them in improper ways. Paul expounds on this in 1 Corinthians 6. And so beginning in verse 13, he writes, The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but it's meant for the Lord. And so God has given us our bodies so that we might glorify him with them. That's the purpose of the body. Our our bodies are not meant for sexual immorality. Uh, This refers to homosexuality. It refers to sex outside of marriage. It refers to the use of pornography. Our our bodies, what Paul is saying here, they're, they're important. They are special. And we must use them as God intended us to use them. Now, Paul goes on to explain why this is so important. So he he expounds upon this even more. And I want to read this, this passage. He says, Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For as it is written, the two will become one flesh. And so the body that we have been given is a member of Christ. It is a temple of the Holy Spirit. This is why we should not hate our body. We should not feel ashamed of our body. Our body is a gift from God. And we cannot just do whatever we want to do with it. Because it's not ours. This body is to be used to glorify God. And this passage has quite a bit to teach us about identity. You know, because most people probably think that identity is an individual affair. You know, it's something that, that that I control and that I work hard on to develop. But that's not true. Identity is never an individual affair, especially for Christians. And so uh, we're part of a family. We are citizens of a country. We live in a community. We have friends. As Christians, we are part of a church. In 1 Corinthians 6, Paul informs us, That that our bodies are not our own. And and he has a couple things to say about this. Um, One is that they are part of the body of Christ. And the other is that they belong to the Lord. And so this means that when we become a Christian. We not only undergo a conversion of our mind. But we also undergo a conversion of the body. And so our body is to be or our mind is to be transformed, as well as how we use our body is to be transformed as well. We're no longer to use our our body as we once did because it now belongs to Christ. And this is made evident in Romans 12, 1 through 2, where Paul says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And so Paul specifically mentions both the, the body and the mind. And so both body and mind are to serve God and they are to be used in order to glorify Him. We cannot leave out the body and the role that it plays in serving God. Okay? So when we talk about Identity. We have to acknowledge that we are a body. It is part of who we are. And and in Christ, the way that we view our body is transformed. Our body is not an idol, you know, nor is it something that, that we are ashamed of. It is a gift from God, it is something that we use to bring glory and honor to God. We use our body to obey God's commands. We use it to do good. We use it to help others. Now, our body might grow old, you know. Uh, it might not be what it once was. Even though this is not what God intended, it reminds us that we all anticipate the resurrection of the body. That we long for our body To be redeemed. We long for death, disease, and decay to be no more. And one day, our our glorious new bodies that God gives us will bring glory to the Lord. Because they will always be a reminder of God's work of redemption. So as we go out into the world, may we remember that our bodies are an important part of our identity. They are a part of the larger body of Christ... And they belong to God. And so may we always use our bodies in a way that will lead others to Christ. Let's pray. Father, we come before you at this time and we thank you for all your many blessings. We thank you for the blessing of the body. And we pray that we will view our body in a proper way. That we will not turn it into an idol, nor shall we be ashamed of it or hate our body. But we will understand that our bodies are a gift that you have given us, and they are to be used to glorify you in every single way. We're so thankful for your son who came to this earth and who lived his life and died for us on the cross so that our bodies who may be failing or feeble or weak will one day be redeemed. We pray this in his name. Amen.